Blessed here on Q in the morning today to have Ray Haynes with us. I'm Quincy, and we're talking about when God leaves a wake-up call. And uh, the month of Tammuz, the 17th of Tammuz specifically. And I appreciate any opportunity. We get uh, Ray down here to drop knowledge on us. We're excited. Dropping it down. Dropping it every time. I love it. And uh, really some good stuff. Uh, you know, anytime that we really dive into the feasts or the the biblical Jewish calendar, and it's it, you always find these dates and times, specific reasons that things happen on days and how they come back around and just always is a very intriguing and enlightening time to look at the timing of God. Yeah, it amazes me. That's why, as you know, when I first started doing this many years ago, I really just did Passover. We were actually going on a trip to Israel and mm -hmm. we took that first trip, I think back in 2015 and ended up in Israel and in the fall and didn't realize it, but we were there during the 10 days of Oz. So I actually wow. taught live from Israel each each day. I do a little thing and we were doing our live reports and it, it just struck me uh, the significance of it all on the specific days. And so since then, you know, been doing all of the feasts and and since, you know, the last few years come in and sometimes during these special, we call them these minor days, fast mm -hmm. days and things. And Tammuz 17 certainly isn't a woohoo, rah, rah kind of a day. It's, it is a day where the Jews understand that they messed up. Yeah. Messed up bad. And <laughs> that happened a lot too. That's pretty cyclical. <laughs> it, it really is. And that's actually what I want to talk about at this one is the problem with all their mourning and fasting. They've got they've this begins three weeks of mourning and fasting, but it will be absolutely of no value to them mm. because they're missing the most important piece. And so I want to talk about that as well. They rejected their Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus, who came and died for all sin. And then their temple was destroyed, leaving them with a huge problem. I love it when God just kind of puts something right in your face. They have no way to make a blood sacrifice for their sins. Mm. Now, that should have been a wake-up call in, in and of itself. So the Hebrew word translated sacrifice is korban, which literally means drawing near. So meaning the sacrifice restores your relationship that sin broke and allows you to draw near again to God, right? So that's the whole concept of a sacrifice. Leviticus 17.11 says, For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I've given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it's the blood that makes atonement for the soul. So it is very clear, even as if you were listening earlier, when they made the golden calf, what did they do? They had blood sacrifices there. They understood yeah. the concept, right? Yeah. So, during the synagogue services and prayer during these three weeks, they read Exodus 32, which discusses the aftermath of the golden calf incident. It says, then Moses pleaded with Jehovah, so Jehovah relented from the harm which he said he would do to the people. Well, they note how Moses successfully interceded on the Israelites' behalf and obtained forgiveness for their sin without a blood sacrifice. They said it was just prayer. Mm. They also read Isaiah 55, seek Jehovah when he's found, call him when he's near. The wicked shall give up his way, and the man of iniquity his thoughts, and he shall return to Jehovah, who shall have mercy upon him, and to our God, and he will freely pardon. So they said, well, if we stop sinning and have better thoughts, then God will forgive us. So when you take a verse in and of itself, which the rabbis do, and just say, we're just going to make our own thoughts out of this thing, mm -hmm. the problem for them is that they're trying to repent of sins that can only be covered by the blood of Yeshua Jesus. 
He alone provides the only solution to our greatest problem. John 14, 6 says, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So they're trying to bypass the middleman to get to the Father, which they can't do. Ephesians 1, 7, in him we have redemption through his blood. Mm. Amen. The forgiveness of sins according oh. to the riches of his grace. Yes. Second Corinthians 5.21, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God mm. in him. Mm. The answer to this massive issue from the Jewish rabbis is beyond sad. According to the Jamara the Jamar, uh, commentary on the Torah, whoever is busy with learning Torah need not bring sacrifices. Did you get that? Yeah. Whoever is busy with learning the Torah need not bring sacrifices. One interpreter explained, therefore we understand that since everything begins with and emanates from Torah, studying the Torah brings atonement and is considered even better than the Corban or the sacrifice. <laughs> hmm. So instead of surrendering to Yeshua, Jesus, to do with their sin by his blood sacrifice, they just ignore the word. They argue that prayer alone is all they need. So say obedience is better than sacrifice, but <laughs> it's like no, you missed it on that one. Whew. So prayer and Torah study have become the modern replacement for sacrifices in modern Judaism. So you wonder, well, the temple's down. What do they do? They just change the word. So activities are now the acceptable way to draw near to God. And even worse, they've declared that these activities represent the power of sacrifice, mm. which means they don't need Jesus. Well, they say that's not real, obviously. Zechariah yeah. promises. And the word of the Lord of hosts came to me saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the fast of the fourth month, which is this, Tammuz 17, the fast of the fifth, which would be the ninth of Av in three weeks, and the fast of the seventh, this was for uh, Gedaliah, the governor of Jerusalem, who inspired hope that the temple could be rebuilt but was assassinated. That alone should have been a lesson. And the fast of the 10th, when the siege of Nebuchadnezzar first began the previous year, shall be to the house of Judah seasons of joy and gladness and cheerful feast. Therefore, love truth and peace. And it's just like, you know, you can take every little segment. And until they ignore the rabbis, these verses will wait and they will not have... Seasons of joy and gladness or cheerful feasts. They'll continue fasting and, and suffering and going through the rain. And I only share this because we all have the same tendency. We can't look and say, oh, well, that's just sad. That's pitiful. It is, but this is our same nature. How often do we turn away from God and try to get him to convince that our way would work better? Right. And so this day that we're talking about, Timothy 17, this weekend, it is set apart expressly for us learning, don't fall into the same, well, I'm going to church, I'm going to be blessed. I'm going to tithe, I'm going to be blessed. I'm going to do this, I'm going to be blessed. He knows my heart. I'm yeah, he knows be, my yeah, heart. Yeah. Uh, my mom, she's really dedicated. None of those things are any good or of any value if your heart mm. doesn't turn and submit to God. That's a good word. And I just want to challenge you today. Of all the times you come in and all the teachings we give, there's one very profound reality. We all need Jesus. Yes, we do. We need him desperately. And he requires surrender on our part. So I want to challenge you. We have one more little break, and uh, then we'll be all done. And uh, we'll talk about, as well, as we kind of wrap things up, um, The kind of the question I posed from the very beginning is this crashing of the commandments of stone that Moses did 
what is how does that compare to the walls of Jerusalem being destroyed? These stones. What's the is there a significance there, and how can we prove that? So we're going to ask that question and answer it, and wrap up next.